Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it's time once again to hop into that black and gold DeLorean and go back in time. Yes, we've been talking Pittsburgh Steelers 2020 all week long, especially with yesterday's ball game. We're now going back in time. It's a chance to celebrate yesteryear among all the great stuff that we're talking about in 2020. Let's go back and talk about the games that shaped our fandom, and that's what we're going to do. This is the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You could call me bad. Alongside me, my co-pilot. In fact, he's driving. I'm the backseat driver here. It's Tony Defio. What's up, my man? What's up, Brian? Good to be with you as always. What a, uh, what a magical year to go back in time to. 2004, 15-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. This was an interesting time in my life as I was getting ready to change jobs, change cities. I was moving I was uh, changing professions completely, and it was something that I'm still in and I'm really excited about, but it was a really, it was a transitional time in my life, and it was, I needed a year, and the excitement of Ben Roethlisberger and the 15-1 and Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it started off with, with a rough win that year against the, uh, the Oakland Raiders at the time. Bettis had to have a couple touchdowns, but they almost blew that game against a bad team. The next week was a disaster, so to speak, when uh, when they just got blown out by the Ravens. And, you know, I live in Maryland, so that's always terrible, Tony. But they started out one and one, but all of a sudden, Tommy Maddox is gone for the, I mean, he's out. You have to bring in your rookie quarterback. David DeCastro was, not David DeCastro, sorry, um, number 66, a different number 66. Alan Fanica wasn't excited about turning over this team to a rookie, but I think he later on jumped on that uh, Ben Wagon as well. So let's go back to 2004. Tony, we're heading to a time when America was still reeling from the brief resurrection of the Seaver family to network television on a Growing Pains TV movie, The Return <laughs> of the Seavers. I watched it. I loved it. Not afraid to say that. You were a Growing Pains guy, weren't you? I was more Family Ties than Growing Pains. I'm more Family Ties too, but I did enjoy a little Alan Thicke and uh, definitely the beautiful Joanna Kearns as well. Radio listeners were honoring uh, Trick or Treat by requesting goodies by Sierra. Number one at the box office was a Trick or Treat type horror film called The Grudge. And the Boston Red Sox finally broke their epic championship drought just a few days earlier as they beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series. That was, that was a really interesting time, too. President George W. Bush was days away from defending his presidency successfully against uh, Democrat John Kerry. And meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were riding that hot rookie quarterback we're talking about. Steeler Nation was Roethlisberger crazy. They were, uh, they were thinking about hoisting the first championship in 25 years. We know that didn't happen. But to get there, you had, to, you had to defeat an old nemesis, and that's the New England Patriots. Not only are you playing the Patriots, the Super Bowl champs, you're playing a team that's 6-0 and coming in. They had a win streak of, what was it, 21 games in a row? 21 games in a row over two seasons. That's, that's absolutely crazy. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger was riding a, a win streak of his own. He had a 17-game winning streak going on, dating back to August of 2003. 
And it's interesting because I guess he would end up extending that to 28, if I'm not mistaken, um, before he lost to these same Patriots in the AFC Championship game. But Ben had four straight wins to start his career. He was looking for his fifth against the Pats. He had, uh, he had just tied Phil Simms, who was in the broadcast booth for this game with the Giants. And he was looking to go after another Steeler quarterback, the famed number 15, Mike Krusik who had more commercials, more endorsements in Pittsburgh than he did touchdown passes because he had zero touchdown passes, <laughs> but won his first six games as a starter when Bradshaw was out. So uh, really exciting time. Tony, what do you remember going into this game? I remember how much I wanted them to beat the Patriots because the Patriots had their number at, uh, up to that point in, in the AFC championship game. And then the, uh, the following year on Monday Night Football, they beat him up again at, at, to open Gillette Stadium. Uh, so I was I was uh, really wanting this game, and I remember it being feeling like there, there was like a lot of electricity in the air. It was Halloween, and it just it just had a, di- a different vibe as that game kicked off. It was 4:25 in the afternoon. All the kids were out trick or treating, and uh, I was I was really looking forward to kickoff. Were you at home watching this game? I don't know why. I can't remember why, but I was at my mother's by myself. There was nobody around. I don't, I don't know if she was out with the grandkids, with my sisters trick-or-treating, but I was all by myself at my mother's house going nuts. I remember exactly where I was because that's the day I met Jesus in the Hinesfield parking lot. Hmm. I was in the 500 level right around the 20-yard line, and I was at that game, and it was absolutely electric to be there. Um, fantastic. So I'm sitting at that game, you know, cautiously optimistic, but I know the New England Patriots. I know what they do to this team all the time. So there was some worry in there as well, but it was exciting to be there at this game. And the Patriots, they were true to form, Tony. They took the opening kickoff. Tom Brady drives them right down the field. But luckily, you had a very good Steeler defense there. They kept him from getting into the end zone. End zone. They limited New England to just a 43-yard Adam Vinatieri field goal. It's three nothing Belichick's boys, just like that, Tony. Yeah, I mean it, it was good to keep him out of the end zone early, and 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 uh, the Steelers were able to uh, to 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 uh, take over from there, as it would turn out. Well, Roethlisberger came up, and we're like, all right, Ben, we'll see what you got. His first drive failed, you know, didn't do much of anything. But then the rookie phenom took over late in the first quarter, and he took advantage of a tie law injury to find Plexico Burris. And what's exciting about that, and even to now, Ben loves his tall receivers. In his rookie season, he, I mean, he relied on Heinz Ward a lot, but he really relied on Plexico Burris. And Plexico Burris was definitely the guy in this game. Now we're watching in 2020 as the rookie Chase Claypool is doing some pretty exciting things as well. And it's that big receiver. And it reminds me of Ben DeBurris. So I'm, I'm watching this game the other day, getting ready for the show. I'm thinking, hmm, I feel like I've seen this movie before. And the connection's back. So uh, it's really nice to see how Ben does with that large wide receiver. Uh, so he finds Plexico Burris, Randall Gay, the rookie. He was subbing in for Ty Law, 
Roethlisberger dodged some pressure. He was getting tons of pressure from three Patriots defenders. He connected with a beautiful bomb, and it was right around where I was. Hmm. I I was in the 500 level, of course, but I I remember watching this. I remember seeing it. He uh, A 47-yard bomb to Burris for the score. You got Plexico celebrating in the end zone. It's 7-3 with 3.43 remaining in the first quarter. The Steelers score finally. Took him a while, but how are you feeling at this point, Tony? I, for some reason, I remember my reaction. I was, I remember I was on one knee when the, when the play uh, started. And when, when he, when Burris caught the ball in the end zone, I think he, he dove to catch it. I jumped up and pumped my fist. I mean, I really, I really wanted this game for some, for some strange reason. I was really pumped up about this Halloween night game. I, I don't think it's a strange reason because you actually felt like you could beat the Patriots in this game. You really felt like they could be ripe for the picking, even though they were undefeated. But the problem is Tom Brady. Tom Brady does not turn the ball over. Tom Brady, you can't get to Tom Brady. You never can get to Tom Brady. It seems like no matter who's on his offensive line, they don't let you through. This was the one Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots game that I remember when everything went wrong for Brady. And it really did. Absolutely. Very next possession. Tom Brady got tattooed. He absolutely got cracked by Joey Porter. In fact, I think, I think Joey Porter's name is actually tattooed on him from Mm -hmm. that hit. Uh, The ball came free. And one of those workhorses for the Steelers all those years Kimo von Olhoffen in those six seasons for the Steelers, he was always the guy on the spot. He made big tackles. He made big recoveries. He recovers the football to give the Steelers great field position at the 33 of the New England Patriots. And here we go again. Could it be Ben to Plexico once more, Tony? It could be. And another athletic play by Plexico, he, 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 it looked like uh, initially he got he only got one foot down, but it, upon replay, it was determined that he actually got one knee down. And as John Madden always said, one knee equals t- two feet. So that was another uh, great display of athleticism for the uh, fifth-year guy out of Michigan State. And here's the funny thing about it, Tony. I'm watching this game the other day, and I'm watching the replay, and I'm nervous watching the replay, <laughs> and I know what happens. I mean, it was so cool to see Plexico – I mean – we know all about Plexico with his problems in New York, with having to be in prison for the uh, gun charges in New right. York City. I tell you what, I, Plexico, he won a championship, and he had a big role in that championship. He never went to the Pro Bowl. I often wonder what his career would have been like if he would have stayed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because he had that special connection with Ben Roethlisberger, and he was just fantastic in this game. But you've got to worry. It's 14 to 3. And you've seen Tom Brady come back so many times. And that's what I was worried about here. Brady and New England, they came back from the deficit with a vengeance. They came out, but it was going to get uglier. And it was going to get ugly 16 seconds later, just like that when Deshae Townsend did something very rare in all those years against Tom Brady. He intercepted number 12, and he took it 39 yards to glory for the pick six, 21 to three. Deshae Townsend, one of my favorite Steelers, because it seems like when you need a great pick six, 
he was the guy who got it for you. That was, that was a play that's, that's, I'll never forget. I, for some reason, uh, I remember the one thing that stands out from that play, and this is even before I, I rewatched the game, is Brian St. Pierre, the backup quarterback or the third string quarterback, was, ran down the field to be one of the people that mobbed Deshae Townsend when he, when he <laughs> scored. So that's one thing I always, for some reason I remember that. But yeah, it was, it was uh, just like that. It, it took them, uh, they did very little the first, for most of the first quarter, and just like that, boom, 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 three touchdowns. The second quarter was mostly uneventful for the Patriots uh, the rest of the way. The Steelers stalled at the two-yard line, and uh, Reed chip-shotted from 19. So it's 24 to 10. Excuse me, it's 24 to 3. But Brady was not going to you know, leave there without a touchdown pass, and he did. The master of the two-minute drill worked it to get the Patriots back in this game. He, uh, he threw a two-yard pass to David Givens. He ran, he ran that team all the way down the field. They had a good return on that play as well. They had, they had a really good uh, return on the kickoff. It was 24 to 10 at the half, Tony, and you've seen this movie before. So take, take me all the way back to your mom's living room. You're there watching by yourself. You want this game so badly, and it's yes. 24 to 10 now. Do you, do you feel like, oh, man, is it going to slip away? I know exactly what I was thinking. I was nervous because it was Brady, and, and he was their nemesis. It would turn out for two decades to be their nemesis for two straight decades, but, but he was in the early stages of that back then. And I remember thinking the Patriots have the ball coming out, and they're going to make it 24-17. That was, the, that was what was going through my head. I swear to God. And you know what, Tony? I mean, it's Halloween night. You're probably supposed. You probably promised your mom that you were going to pass out Halloween candy. Did you eat all that Halloween candy? Because I would have. I'd be nervous. I come to think of it, now that you mentioned that, maybe that's what I was supposed to be doing. But I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember doing any of that. So, if I if I was supposed to do that, I certainly uh, neglected my duties to watch that game. Well, we are not going to neglect our duties. We're going to tell you what happened in the second half right after this on the Steelers Retro Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, along with Tony Defio, as we go back to yesteryear. We're going back to 2004 to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots. It's Halloween with the hoodie. I met Jesus in the parking lot. There was a guy <laughs> dressed like Jesus. I think he made Sports Illustrated um, that week as well for uh, being at the game. So, And I high-fived him in the parking lot after the game. It was, uh, it was just a fantastic time to be a Steeler fan because after all those years, not being in the Super Bowl, well, you know, 10 years of, excuse me, 15 years of not being in the Super Bowl, you thought it was going to happen once again. And I just messed that up again, Tony. <laughs> so <laughs> it was actually uh, nine years from being in, in their last Super Bowl, but you really wanted to see this team get in. You had a rookie sensation in Ben Roethlisberger and he proved it with the game he had in the first half. It was a 24-10 to 10 lead at halftime, but you got to worry about 
Tom Brady coming back. And like you said before the break, the Patriots were going to get the ball back. And you know what happens when the Patriots have a chance to go ahead and come back? They were doing it back then. Right. This team was undefeated. They had won 21 straight games. You've seen Tom Brady do it, and you just knew in your gut that it was going to happen. So what happens? The Pats get the ball to open the third. They had a chance to get within a, within a touchdown. But Brady threw a completion to Kevin Falk on the first play. And here you go again with Joey Porter, number 55 PZ, having that game. What did he do? He stripped Kevin Falk of the football. That was, that was probably the height of Joey Porter's powers in that era, 2003, 2004, 05, that era. And he came up with a second big, uh, big play of the, uh, of the game. And, and, and Aaron Smith recovered for the, uh, for the Steelers in, in, in Patriots territory. Yes, he did. And here comes big number 36. You could hear the PA announcer now going, it's time to ride the bus. And then he comes in. He bullied his way in from the two-yard line, which he was the master of those, uh, those short touchdowns late in his career. He had a lot of them. He was right. fantasy football fool's gold back then because he'd get no yards but eight to ten touchdowns. Yeah. I think they said during the game, Jim Nance, who was doing the play-by-play back then with Phil Sims for CBS, I, I believe he said up into that game, he had like eight or five touchdowns for, for five yards or something. Five carries for five yards. They were all touchdowns. It was some kind of crazy stat. And, of course, you got another one here with a two-yarder, as you mentioned. We talked about that Raiders game to start the season. If I'm not mistaken, he had three touchdowns in that game. And I think he had negative two yards. Yeah. Um, something like that. Or one yard and three touchdowns. But he definitely had three touchdowns. It was very – I mean, it was where the bus was in his career. But as long as he's getting touchdowns and he's right. converting, that's right. the most important thing. We're not, looking at, we're not looking at stats for him at this point. The only stat we're looking at is touchdowns. And he really could do that. You know, because you had Deuce Staley, too. And Deuce Staley came in as a free agent at the beginning of the 2004 season. And he was one of the league leaders in rushing at this point. He was absolutely phenomenal for this team. You had the bus coming in. You had Veron Haynes, um, mostly a third down back, but very valuable as well. He had some key first downs in this game. This was a really good running back stable. Yeah. You, I mean, do you remember, because they tried that before with Amos Zaraway and it didn't completely work. But now with Deuce Staley, it was happening, and Deuce and Buss, they had a great rapport with each other, too. They were, they were a team. Buss right. didn't care. Buss knew he was going to get his carries and the carries that he needed, and it was less wear and tear on his tires. So he gets in. It's 34 to 10, just like that. Excuse me, 31 to 10, and it's feeling way too good to be true. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Deuce Staley. He had uh... – he had he would go on to have 100, 125 yards in this game. Bettis would have 65. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they complemented each other. And this was speaking of the heights of of powers. This was the height of uh, of Deuce's popularity in Pittsburgh. He was a very he was a much heralded free agent signing in the offseason. Coming off a six and ten season, people were were feeling a little despondent about the Steelers. And they go out and they they find Deuce. It was sort of a a, a later signing, like second wave of free agency that they they got him and. And, and the fans loved him. And as you mentioned, he was one of the leaders in, in, in rushing at that point in the season. It was so cool to hear them yelling, Deuce! 
boos every time he touched the ball. Actually, that, that first game, the Raiders game, they were they were saying boo. Believe it or not, when Bettis came in, it was so crazy. It was so surreal. <laughs> they wanted they wanted Deuce to get the uh, the points. I'm I'm sure a lot of that was because they were fantasy football owners too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I never mistake fantasy football with the Steelers. I don't care if my team wins. When if if I have a, if I like I had David Johnson in the game against the Houston Texans, and I didn't care. Absolutely, I didn't want him to get a touchdown. I didn't want to get any points because I could, I could win my I could win other games. I don't Absolutely. need to win because of a guy tormenting the Steelers. So that's <laughs> I don't want that whatsoever. I'll lose a fantasy football game. I'll lose a fantasy football championship. If it means the Steelers are going to win a game, I do not care about that. As Absolutely much. agree I with you. Play a lot of fantasy, but <laughs> that's just that's just my role, and it's Steelers before fantasy, and that's it. But this game was becoming a fantasy because it seemed like they could finally knock off the Patriots, not just knock them off, beat them up, and yeah. that's what they were doing. The Pats got another field goal on the next drive. Um, it was great ball control from uh, Deuce Staley and Bettis as the Steelers burned a lot of uh, clock. They capped it off with a uh, Jeffrey 29 yarder to make the score 34 to 13 at the end of the three, (laughs) the three at the end of the third, the Steelers then continued to bog down the new England offense. When Joey Porter sacked Brady, once again, he was all over Joey. You said he was at the height of his power. Yes. Joey was absolutely dominant in this game. Mm-hmm. He was he, he two forced fumbles, uh, multiple sacks. It was uh, it was an incredible time. Uh, you know, uh, T.J. Watts, the new the new stud outside linebacker, but he's one of many throughout Steeler history. And Joey Porter was uh, was certainly that guy in that era. The Steelers just continued continued to give it to him. Um, they got a garbage touchdown, a garbage time touchdown to make it. I don't even know. It was. David Givens, I believe. Uh, David Givens, 23 yards with 6.39 left. It made it a little bit tense, but the Steelers, uh, they would basically run out the clock after that. Yeah, you know, it, it, was, just, it was just so fun to, to watch that as it happened. And I didn't care that I was going to have a long ride home. Mm. Um, I was living in West Virginia at the time, and it was going to be about a two and a half, three hour ride home. Um, the rest of the game, you know, Saw you, you saw that the garbage time touchdown that that didn't even concern me that much. The big story was Coach Bill Cowers' uh, club ending that epic Patriot streak, and they continued on one of his own that would conclude at 15 games, a 15 game winning streak, the largest winning streak in Pittsburgh Steeler history, was uh, Bill Cower, and he actually. And the reason it ended up being a 15-game winning streak because they won that one game in the playoffs. They ended yeah. up uh, losing to the Patriots the second time around. Um, the Patriots did not have Corey Dillon in this game. They had Corey Dillon in the AFC Championship game. But that was just a different game all around. You know, clock struck midnight on Ben Roethlisberger as he was playing more games than he ever did before. But this was the game that we're talking about now. The loss. The loss was the game that ended up bringing Bettis back with Ben promising Bettis, if he comes back, they're going to win a championship the next year. They did. So the Patriots, uh, they ended that winning streak in the AFC championship game. Like we just talked, 
But on this particular night, Tony, the Steelers were kings of the AFC. And like I said at the beginning, this was you know, a very special time in me. It was a transitional period of my life, a good transition. But it was the fact that the ascension of Ben Roethlisberger and the hope of a championship was to come. And we got a few of those out of Ben. And I needed that at the time. And you told me that you needed it at the time. And it was so fun. That was a magical year to watch rookie Ben. Like it's, we've had a lot of magical years with Ben Roethlisberger and we've been blessed to have that. But the excitement of that day and high-fiving Jesus in the parking lot mm-hmm. is something that I will never forget. Yeah, it sounded like it was, it was a great time, time for you. That great day is something, probably one of your favorite uh, games to attend live, I would imagine. And uh, it just felt like at that point, coming off the, the, the year that they had before and, 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 and then finding out that they, that they have a, uh, a possible franchise quarterback and to beat the Patriots where they did, it, it just felt like they were, they were back at the seat of the table of the uh, NFL contenders. And uh, one other, other note is they were the first team, first team from the AFC they would go on to be the first team in the AFC to, to, to win 15 games in a regular season. Uh, as, uh, as Coward told his players after week 17, when they beat uh, the Bills, who were actually trying to make the playoffs and the Steelers had nothing to play for. So they, that, it was just a great year all the way around. And I think it really truly be, began to feel magical with that New England Patriots win on Halloween night. Absolutely. And this was the beginning of, of a great era that is still extending with Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback now. I mean, now he's in his 17th season, and it's just so fun to watch. Um, this was the beginning. This was the seeds of everything to come with uh, two more championships coming to uh, Pittsburgh. Um, more, you know, more AFC championship games as well. So it, it was just a special time. Um, I'm glad to go back in time with you on this one, Tony. And I tell you what, this was such an amazing time with the Patriots coming in 6-0, and the very next week, the Philadelphia Eagles were coming to town. And they were also undefeated at the same time. Could Pittsburgh knock them off as well? Well, we probably already alluded to it. But you know what? Let's do this. Next week, come back. We're going to go to that game. We're going to keep this party going next week on the Retro Show. So check out Steelers, Eagles, Fly, Steelers, Fly next week on the Retro Show. But for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We just went back in time together and it feels so good. Thanks so much, my friends. We'll see you next week.